on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, play. They Big Ten has until Monday at 5 o'clock to answer the lawsuit. Yeah, uh, the attorney for the Big Ten argues, quote, harm would be incredible, unquote, if board of directors' documents were made available to the public just because eight student-athletes disagree with the decision. He said the court is asking for something with, quote, no precedent. That's not true. What is true and what is not true? Boy, we're going to have to try to get to the bottom of that today. No, I did not have time to uh, freshen the open. I had uh, major computer issues today. I'm glad you're here on a Wednesday, September 2nd, Mr. Spielman, at 645 and not 630, or you would have been a caged lion over there waiting for everything to like people to stop be prepared, spinning that's all. and all that. I was up at 519. <laughs> As you know, you get the text from me. Uh, okay. To I was halfway through my workout. Arrival. I'm sure you were. Yes, you are. A <laughs> Very good. Early riser. But it's nice to be here with you. It's nice that everything seems to be working fine. We welcome everybody who's joining us on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, uh, via our live stream. Uh, we are the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, which you probably knew if you're already joining us. And if you're joining us for the first time because you saw us on Twitter, we want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. We are a uh, sports and faith podcast. We save the faith portion to the end, but we sometimes integrate it in the middle. But uh, where's your faith on Big Ten football? So many reports, so many tweets, so many developments, and lots of debate about whether now we're thinking of October. Are we still thinking of Thanksgiving? Are we going to go to January? It was an interesting day, at least yesterday, on the subject of Big Ten football. Well, one thing you can look at, uh, I was told that Ohio State wasn't supposed to start any type of practice or workouts until next week. Mm -hmm. They started a week early, and they were actually out in helmets uh, yesterday. They were. So, I mean, mean, everything is kind of read between the lines, and it's just interesting – uh, the debate, how you have certain people reporting one thing and certain people reporting another thing. So it makes mm-hmm. me think that athletic directors and coaches are leaking to one side of the argument about let's play as soon as possible. Then you have the Big Ten leaking to another group of reporters that seems to be trying to get their message out. And so I don't know what is what or who is who, but I know this. The Big Ten had had to hire a PR firm. I try to get in their message out. I they, just they have a whole PR department. No, they have to hire an, out another one, apparently. Consultant well, it's nice to, to know the Big Ten doesn't have any financial shortfalls, <laughs> it's unlike its schools in the middle of a pandemic. It's, it's a, uh, I think Bobby Carpenter was talking about this. It's a, it's a consulting firm to a, con, I guess you're consulting the consultants. I don't know. Man, I, I don't I, know I, what the, to my, believe my anymore. My greatest professional regret is that I never found a way to make a living as a consultant. Having dealt with them in radio and all that stuff, I mean, I don't think it's from lack of acumen. It's just lack of marketing. What? What do you mean for you or for the? Big <laughs> I mean, ten? I got. Hey, anybody who knows me and likes me or hates me, I I don't fall short of advice, which it, is what a yeah. consultant <laughs> does. I got plenty of advice. Well, here's the cool thing about you is there. It's either like or hate. There's no in between. There's no in between. And that's You're not way, lukewarm on me. That's what. That's the way you want it. Yeah. Quite frankly, that's the way I want it. So. You can either like it or hate it, just as long as you're not indifferent. About All right. It. Uh, welcome to the podcast. You can email us, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at We Tackle. Please do that. If only 
really chiefly, to nominate someone for COVID-19 relief. It's Friday. We're giving away $1,000 for like the 20-something straight week to people. And I'm going to make it super easy for you. Today, I'm later, later today, I'm going to tweet a fill-in-the-blank tweet. I nominate blank okay. for COVID-19 relief because blank, and then just paste it right in an email, and boom, done. Yeah. Okay? So Chris has been very generous selling his memorabilia, including Big Ten Championship rings. He's been very generous with uh, some of the income that he receives and contributions from Volunteer Energy, Spielman CBD products, CBD Health Collections. Yeah. By the way, on the on the front of CBD Health Collections, tomorrow's the big grand opening of the yeah. store in Granville. Yeah, they have a store opening in Granville. I'll be there from, uh, I, I believe I'm, be, I'm there at 4, 4.30, somewhere around there. i got to make sure I double-check that and be there on time. No, you, you will be there. You will not be late. No, I will not never be late. late. <laughs> store will open at uh, 10 a.m. Spiels will be there at 5.30. Yeah. <laughs> Ready Come to on, go. let's go. <laughs> got things to do. Let's yeah. go. Keep moving. Got to get to the next thing. So uh, go out and meet Rick and Ashley and Mr. Spielman and yeah. uh, anyone else there and find out about CBD products. You see them right here. They have roll-on, which is fantastic. It's work with my thumbs. It's work with my neck. I was going to ask neck. you about your thumb because... Yeah, uh, I jacked it up again. That's not the CBD's fault. It's okay. my fault. I know uh, my wife has some arthritis in her hands, and, and she used a roll-on, and, and she even, to this day, like, out of the blue without out she goes the first thing i did was grab the cbd roll-on mm -hmm. and i gotta be honest it helped i mean it takes the edge off uh, and it's pretty immediate i don't know if you've noticed it's pretty quick that it takes it the edge off and so and again i'm not going to say that if i don't believe it it's just like with our other sponsors with mm -hmm. uh, hemisphere coffee i'm not going to say it's the best coffee if i had if i didn't believe it was the best coffee that i ever had and that's that's what i feel about the cbd i'm not going to lie to you about it and I just encourage people if you want to try it, try it, and uh, it it for pain relief. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say it's healing you, but I'm going to say if you're looking for pain relief, I put it on for headaches, I put it on my face for TMJ for sinus uh, infection. Takes <laughs> it helps me, so maybe it'll help you. Fantastic. Uh, speaking of wives, and speaking of Hemisphere Coffee, my wife has a transaction she'd like to propose. And speaking of CBD, she has oh. a transaction she'd like to propose. What's that? We will go pick up more Hemisphere Coffee for you in Mechanicsburg. If you will come through with more of the pet CBD for our German Shepherd, as it definitely made a difference really? with her IBS. It's the tactful way to say her, what her <laughs> issue is. And I will love that because when her IBS flares, I think she's like stressed out. She digs in my yard. You've seen the swimming pool yes that was being dug in my yard before we used the spielman cbd non-planned swimming pool oh my goodness a, a german shepherds don't dig but mine does and the labor landscape guy bugs me yeah it saved me lots of excavation costs now she's starting to dig right along the uh edge of the driveway which is going to cause my driveway to chip away so if you can come through with more of the cbd for, for pets uh, we'll be happy to make a coffee run for you to Let's see if i can get some tomorrow mechanicsburg for you. let me ask you a, yeah. a question wow now now a now apparently, uh, I'm being you're being extorted. I'm being extorted. I'm being Jerry with a low key extortion. Yeah, plan. exactly. <laughs> She's been watching the Biden. Did you say? Uh, did you say landscape guy? Yeah. You, aren't you the landscape guy? I am the landscape oh, okay. guy. I, I, said, say, be, I, I said being a oh, landscape. Guy. I was hoping that you don't hire somebody. I don't somebody. pay anybody to do this <laughs> plantation. Not these days. No, sir. Driving a 20 year old tractor and still getting her done. Thank you, John Deere. All right, let's get to the news of the day. Yesterday, President Donald Trump 
and Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, two guys who are not shrinking violets when it comes to opinions of the people who follow them, collaborated on a 20-minute phone call, Mr. Spielman. Donald mm-hmm. Trump, as he is prone and sometimes uh, regrettable uh, to do, uh, tweeted about how it was a very productive conversation and that they were on the one-yard line of getting Big Ten football back, which, uh, well, we'll get into that. But President Trump getting involved, theoretically, uh, this is a conversation where President Trump promised the Big Ten more access to the federal government. I didn't know. Apparently they have a stockpile of rapid COVID-19 tests. Which would I would think if you had a more access to those, you would be able to better monitor the COVID nineteen presence or absence among your players, which would lead theoretically to uh, a more comfortable feeling playing Big Ten football sooner. Yeah, I, I would think that would have been good news all the way around, and uh, I couldn't believe how quickly uh, articles and tweets and some of the people that. Seem at least uh, it appears that they ha- are have a rooting interest against college football being started in the Big Ten in mm-hmm. the Pac-12. Um, somebody said, "Well, did he call the MAC?" Well, the MAC isn't playing because of lack of testing. I mean, obviously they could benefit from the testing. The MAC is playing, not playing, for the simple reason that their budget got slashed when the Power Five canceled all their non-conference games. So mm-hmm. let's eliminate the MAC for a second here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I was thinking about this. Uh, obviously, anybody that knows me, it's no secret that you know I lean uh, with conservative views for the most part. I've voted Democratic in my life, but I don't. I vote pro-life uh, across the board usually. But I would think, in, like I, I didn't vote for President Obama. But if President Obama were the president now, or if President Biden was the president now, and just changed the name to um, Hillary Clinton, for example, who mm-hmm. could have very well been our president, mm-hmm. if she had a call with the Big Ten yesterday and said, look, the federal government can help, can we, we can move this forward for you to get this opportunity to get started in October. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, there's not a big difference between October 10th and November 20th or, or January 1st. So let's try to push this up and move forward. I would sit in here and say, what a great job by yeah, the, awesome. uh, President Clinton or uh, President Obama or whoever it may be. But I don't understand. Why is it such a negative that the President of the United States is getting involved in something that is, you know, it's not the most important thing in the world, but it's very important to a lot of people. Very it, important to a lot of It's, it's a lot very of important to campus businesses in Big Ten cities. It's, I can tell you that. It, it's Yeah, and it's like a spider web, right? Or it, yeah. it, it just, you know. Waves on the ocean, yeah, ripples on the ocean. It just keeps going and going on the amount of the, the impact that it can have. And I, I, I just, for the life of me, cannot understand why people can't get behind this and support it and say at least they're, trying to do something and it doesn't matter who made the phone call and it and it and then i'm going back to where i think i've been pretty consistent about you have two groups talking to each other to come up with a solution as a as opposed to talking uh, over each other so mm-hmm. why the the negative uh feedback from sports reporters lots of them why what what are you trying to accomplish why wouldn't you say well it's a good thing that people are talking and are exhausting all 
uh, all opportunities to find a solution. What's so negative about that? What? Why are you so negative about trying to destroy a conversation that happened? Well, I think you do know why. Well, uh, I, I do, but I don't understand and, the mindset. Yeah, well, I don't understand. Here's what I don't understand. All right, I tried to find a more down-the-middle tweet than one that was overtly political because there were many yesterday that were overtly political, which you could tell from the sarcasm dripping off them or the outright insinuation that, you know, Trump was overstating his impact, which Donald Trump overstates his impact sure on everything, on everything. It's like, this is, is this news to you that he takes the chance to pat himself on the back with both hands? Any As chance does every gets, other politician. That's what he does. It's what he has always done. And if that's news to you, well, then uh, welcome back, you know, awake, Rip Van Winkle. Uh, so I tried to find one that was not overtly political. And I think I did because there was one. I, th- I found it this morning. What I what I uh, like about this tweet in terms of its usefulness for the show is that I couldn't tell if it was critical of President Trump or critical of the Big Ten. And it came from uh, Chris Vanini, who I do not know. I know many, many, many people in sports because that was, you know, my former profession, sports writing. And so I found this tweet from Chris Vanini of The Athletic. And now, of course, I can't lay my hands on it, but I did transcribe uh, transcribe it so I can give you the spirit of it. So he tweets yesterday. I love it when we keep politics out of sports by working with the White House to get the POTUS, President of the United States, involved in sports. I love it when we keep the politics out of sports by working with the White House to get the president involved in sports. Okay, so is that a shot at the Big Ten? Could be. Mm -hmm. Is that a shot at the president? Could be. I don't know. I don't care. What I don't understand and what I tweeted back today, not necessarily to him, but I said, this kind of tweet mystifies me. Because who cares if the Big Ten and the president collaborate? If it leads to football sooner, why would a sports writer, of all people, not be happy about that? The Athletic, like a lot of places, has cut personnel. Our friend Tom Reed, who's Mm -hmm. on our show many times, Blue Jackets, Browns, tremendously talented writer Tom Reed, let go by the athletic because of the fact that COVID-19 cutbacks in sports led to less people subscribing to the athletic, less money to pay people like Tom Reed. Chris Vanini works for the athletic. Would not the reinstitution of football in the Big Ten be good for Chris Vanini and the athletic? Yes. Yes. And And he's not the only one. There are many of them. His tweet was liked by other people. Sports reporters, broadcasters never, with blue check marks. I've never seen a group of people pat themselves on the back and cheerlead for each other like sports reporters. You're right about that. Bro. I mean, it's it's really it it's embarrassing. It's almost like you know we're we have to support each other. What that was such a great article. Yeah. It was so insightful. Yeah, they're Go like Hollywood this. people at the, with the, it, that's at the what Oscars. It is. Exactly. Yeah. So I, why why wouldn't somebody write? 
it's good that the Big Ten and the White House and everybody's getting involved in trying to find a solution. How many um, articles were there uh, written about uh, Vice President Biden's campaign commercial about showing empty Big Ten stadiums? A fair amount, yes. Was there were there sports articles? Yeah, sports sure. Writers? Biden's you know Biden's campaign made news. They had a campaign commercial earlier this week where they you know did a flyover of empty stadiums in Big Ten states, That's which President you know Trump's are yeah. our swing states: Wisconsin, Minnesota. I'll tell you this: if one of these candidates wins Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, that's your next president. That's your next president. And so, Joe Biden made it political. It's Trump's fault. Trump comes back and meets with the Big Ten. He's trying to make hay in those states. From the very beginning, people have denied this is political. From the very beginning, yeah. virtually everything attached to it has screamed that it's political. Well, well yeah, and Pete Thamel wrote an article about uh, it being political back in June. In June. Big Ten hoping to, can the Big Ten help decide an election Kevin Warren wants to find out? That was the whole thrust of Pete Thamel's article. <laughs> That's back in June. Yeah, so. Dave Jones, Harrisburg Patriot was on it early on. He said this could this could be a literal political football. Yeah. That the the COVID and the football and the coalescence of all those factors are too have too much potential impact on an election for this not to be used politically. Dave Jones on top of that. I just think it, it's a mistake. I mean, I'm not a political pundit, and I don't want to I'll turn this, but I think it was a, it's a mistake to blame Trump for the Big Ten not having football or the Pac-12 not having football because I, I just think people don't see it that way, and that's just my instincts, and that's just me reading the room. But I think the important thing, and we have to go back to this, I, I uh, want to see somebody write an article about uh, praising the Big Ten and praising whoever the president may be. I don't care who the president is. I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat, but at least they're trying to find a solution to the problem to provide opportunities, not over for the coaches and for the players, but provide opportunities for some businesses getting back. And I granted it's, it's a, would be a small amount, especially if there's not fans allowed, but mm -hmm. at least some of the finances that can come back into the university. So that way we wouldn't see people being furloughed at just uh, amazing rates. And you talked about the, the loss of jobs at Iowa, the loss of jobs at Nebraska yesterday, Michigan. Michigan and uh, Texas. Michigan and Texas, the loss of jobs and opportunities with real consequences. I mean, there's a reason why we give away $1,000 a week because of the loss of jobs and the economic impact. Mm -hmm. So if there's a way to lessen that economic impact some way, somehow – why wouldn't we have everybody saying, let's exhaust every opportunity to give ourselves at least a chance, at least a chance. And if we have to readjust and there's an awful outbreak and every team gets it with 50% of the team getting it, then okay, we readjust. But why in the world would we not give ourselves the best opportunity to try? I mean, mm -hmm. we are not a, a nation of, of fear. We're a nation of we evaluate risk and we take risk. Why wouldn't we be allowed to take a risk? And a question was asked to me the other day of because, uh, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, people think I'm like sitting inside Big Ten meetings. 
And this question was asked of me the other day, and it's just a simple question. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't college football collaborate on this? Why wouldn't the conferences collaborate on this? No, and there's no just, commissioner. That's there's why. no commissioner. There's no, yeah. there's no leadership yeah. involved with Everybody, this. Everybody, there's like a bunch of cooks. <laughs> Nobody's in charge. Every yeah. conference has its own commissioner, and they all sort of mark their own territory trying to have the but, most power. But, SEC has a lot of power. Yeah, Big Ten has a lot but of power. You, but you would think, though, that they would all come together would think, and sit in a room. For the and, good of everybody. Yeah. And instead of, of having this high opinion of yourself, being the first to go out amongst the power five and actually thinking that people are going to say, well, they have better information than we do. Well, we're going to be pressured. Like the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, here's the thing. Kevin Warren was on a conference call with all five commissioners. Well, he's one of the five in the power five. The next day... Kevin Warren announced that the Big Ten would play conference games only. That was a shock to the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, and SEC commissioners who were on a call with Kevin Warren the day before. They were like, he's on a call with us the day before. He didn't mention he's going to announce tomorrow. It's not a decision you make overnight. Right. So that shows you there's no collective interest, uh, no collective submission to authority right. like there would be on the NCAA tournament. When the NCAA tournament canceled, that was a decision that affected every conference that plays basketball. Well, that was the NCAA. That's the NCAA's decision. That decision. Yeah. So there's no comparable body in college football. Um, and maybe there needs to be one, and maybe this under- underscores the need for there to be one. Uh, we appreciate you commenting to us on Facebook. I uh, want to welcome our uh, friends in uh, my hometown who've tweeted their Greetings. We have another tweet here, another uh, comment here, and this is spot on from, uh, I think it's Michael, who says that the politics out of sports thing from Chris Vanini of The Athletic is a shot at Clay Travis. Uh, Michael, I think you might be on target there because there are many sports writers. In fact, there were some today. Dan Wolken of USA Today. Uh, who tweeted yesterday that he never had uh, Trump and Clay Travis collaborating to help get football going in the Big Ten on his 2020 bingo card. Are there many sports writers who are jealous of Clay Travis, of Fox Sports and Outkick the Coverage? Yes, because Clay Travis is also a guy who people either love or hate, and he's made himself a multimillionaire uh, with his uh, site, which many believe panders to the lowest common denominator, and many think is putting forth a view that no one else is putting forth. I happen to be in the latter camp, and I could admire another person's success. He's managed to take himself from a law degree to a multimillionaire in the sports business, and so I admire his business savvy and his success. Dan Wolken of USA Today obviously does not. Uh, Michael's picked up on the fact that uh, politics and sports um, may chafe some. Also want to say good morning to a friend of mine, D. Orlando Ledbetter, up early. He's with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Orlando Ledbetter, former Cincinnati Enquirer reporter on the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes, and he says uh, Kamala Harris was a classmate of his at Howard University. Okay. Really cool. Great to see you, uh, Orlando. Good to see you, man. Happy for your success covering the NFL, covering the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, again, uh, I was not thrilled when I had to watch or did watch President Obama, who I did not vote for, uh, inject himself into the NCAA tournament all those years. But that was good for the NCAA tournament, that the president of the United States is involved in the NCAA tournament and picking the brackets with Andy Katz. It's good for the tournament. It's possible, folks, for you to not like a politician 
And to still have that politician do one thing <laughs> that is good for something you support. You and know, it's okay to credit them for doing something. It's not bad that Trump got involved with the Big Ten. It was not bad for Obama to get involved with the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the thing that bothers me is that, I mean, I, I judge, uh, I guess, politicians by their actions on every little thing, right? It's by their productivity, you know? Yeah. And the thing that bothered me yesterday was that people were upset. Well, Trump should be, shouldn't be getting involved in Big Ten or college football. He shouldn't be involved. There's other bigger problems to, to solve. You know what I thought was a very cool thing that President Obama did? You remember the beer summit with a Harvard law do, professor yes, and I a do. Harvard policeman, and he brought him to the... I thought that was... That was great. I thought that was awesome. Yep. I thought, okay... Here's a president of the United States who's trying to bring people together. And I appreciated President Obama for doing that. It's like I appreciate President Trump. And I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why people are writing to undercut an effort to try to get something going. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I I mean, I don't under, I understand why. But they're forcing me to think that it's got to be a political leaning that you have that you would rather. Well, it's absolutely that. But they would rather. It's almost like they would rather try to influence an election than well, see. Well, I'll, I'll personalize it more. They would rather it be bad for their profession than to have the president get involved and perhaps have something of benefit for his reelection campaign. I mean, I guess that's the fear, is if he gets involved and the Big Ten plays football sooner, then swing states will vote yeah. for President Trump and he'll be reelected. Okay, I get it. I get that. I don't I don't know that that's exactly uh, going to be the outcome. I get why you'd object to that. You don't want President Trump reelected. That's your right to sure. have your own wishes and desires. But it would be good for sports writing. It would be good for the athletic. It would be good for Pat Forty, Jerry Palm, uh, Dan Wolken, John Solomon, Nicole other, Auerbach, Nicole Pete Auerbach, Thamel. Pete Thamel. Would it be good for your profession? Dennis would Dodd. It, would it be good for colleagues of yours to have sports up and running? Yes. Would it be good for businesses in campus areas? Would it be good for the players that you cover? Yes, it would be. So I don't care who gets the credit for something that's got the ripple effect you talked about, college football returning in October. It's, is it good for the Ohio State Buckeyes if they get a chance to be part of a college football playoff? Yes, it's good for them. It's good for the school. It's good for giving. It's good for every like, – Everybody like, benefits by on. their playing. And I shouldn't have to, and Chris shouldn't have to, and I'm quite sure we don't have to, explain to you if you pause to think about it how it can be good for a lot of people – if there's a way to play college football safely in the Big Ten and Pac-12 in October, that that's something that's worth whatever cost you deem to be there politically. Here's a, uh, another uh, discussion that I had with a Democratic, Democratic friend, but we had a great discussion, and we have different views on playing and not playing. And this gentleman is very bright. He's very smart. Uh, we have great conversations about life, mm -hmm. and we, we have different religions. We have different backgrounds, different upbringings. And he said this, and he was so adamant about this, okay? If one college player had a heart attack, <laughs> it's not worth it, right? Mm. If one college yeah, player— Yeah, the, the off-stated, if one person dies, it's not worth it. Yeah, and, and I just— 
I said, well, I don't, I mean, I think from my perspective at, at this level, at the very least, I mean, high school players are playing, right? Yeah. And little league players are playing. At this level, I think their their health is so well monitored that if there is a potential issue with myocarditis or any other heart issues, and, and we've already seen and given an example, it was an outlier, just like there's an outlier if one player dies. I said to him, well, 12 players die every year in football from high school all the way up through the NFL or from junior high all the way up to there's there's an average of 12 deaths a year from football, right? We don't know what the cause mm-hmm, is, but mm-hmm, that's just mm-hmm. the way it is maybe. But maybe by uh, instituting more stringent health guidelines about if you do have COVID and you get your heart checked out to make sure you're okay. I know that was something that the Ohio State doctor offered that you have to be able to have a note or make sure that the doctor clears you not only from COVID, but also from any uh, heart conditions. We talked about the heart condition that was revealed with Cameron Smith, the linebacker mm-hmm. for the Minnesota And I Vikings. believe the TCU quarterback or some quarterback. There was, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's been, uh, was diagnosed so, I mean, that, the test with that, a heart issue. Yeah, these are, these are actually good things and we can grow from them, but it's just infuriating to me that, when there's people start talking to each other to find a solutions, people get upset that people are talking to each other. It makes absolute zero sense, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. And there's a question I have for you, being a, a former, formerly a professional writer and, and journalist. With some of these reporters, with uh, Pete Thamel did this, and Nicole Auerbach did this, and I don't know why. I mean, they use Twitter to push their... Agenda, not their agenda, their articles. Maybe that wasn't a Freudian slip, but it was. Sure, no, their articles, of course. Yeah. That's why, yeah, that's I mean, why I, I great use, use of social media. We use it to push, we tackle life. We sure do. Why would they, if, they, if they're presenting a side of things, or even if they're presenting some personal feelings into this, or even if they're presenting the, the message of the Big Ten, what the Big Ten wants to get out, or they believe in what the Big Ten doing, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Why do you shut off your comments? <laughs> yeah, that a, was when, curious. No, 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 see, what amazed me was no, you as a reply to the tweet. As a journalist yeah. who has free speech, who believes in free speech, who should f- fight f- till the end for their life as a journalist. For free speech, I mean, that's got to be something that you journalists value as much as anything in this world. There, there are many uh, good things that result from that. Number one, as you state, f- support of the First Amendment. Number two, you don't want to put yourself in a position. I would not want to put me. They clearly do, but I would not want to, and I do not. In fact, I didn't know you could shut off your replies. Am I tempted to shut off my replies? No, because I don't have to read my replies if I don't want to. You don't have to click on your notifications and read them. It's not like it fouls up your timeline or you can't tweet or other people. You can't read tweets. It, it has no impact on your Twitter timeline if you get thousands and thousands and thousands of negative replies. No impact at all. Rather, I would argue it's better for you that people at least think you're approachable. Right. That's why I rarely block people. I only block people if they use profanity. Can I ask a question? Or they yeah. make a, you know, a comment about my family because you're tweeting me you're not tweeting my family so i rarely block people because i can just ignore them i don't have to read their stuff so it doesn't i think that borders on arrogant behavior i think it's beyond the border of arrogant behavior <laughs> well, can, I ask, can i ask this so as a 
journalist, if you prevent people from either commenting or asking you a question in return, you don't have to answer it, but at least asking you a question in return, as a journalist, how can you uh, ever be upset again if somebody doesn't return your call or somebody refuses to talk to you or ignores you? I mean, it's pretty I, condescending. I think that's a great it? point you just made. You could never be upset again yeah. because you choose to say, I'm not going to listen to people. Here's my statement, and la, 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 I'm going to plug my ears and nobody can say anything yeah. back to me. As a journalist, I mean, that's there's got to be a rule somewhere in your or an unwritten rule in journalism world that we will not block people from talking back to us. I think that would only enhance the conversation. And if it hurts your feelings when people come and you come over and I'll share my Twitter feed with you once in a while. Yeah, I mean, lighten up Buttercup. I mean, again, you don't have to read them. There have been times where I've not read my notifications because I know that, first of all, I mean, it can get in your head. We've talked about taking the Twitter vacation and how it's good for your outlook on life sometimes sure. to disengage. But to ostensibly tell people, your opinion doesn't matter to me. I'm not even going to let you state your opinion to me. Whether I read it or not, I'm not going to let you state it, is extremely arrogant. I would also argue it's really bad for your business bottom line. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports wants people to read his columns on Yahoo Sports. Nicole Auerbach, The Athletic exists only because people subscribe to The Athletic. You pay to be an athletic subscriber. If you, <laughs> you tell people, look, I don't want to hear from you, but please buy my stuff, yeah. <laughs> that's not good for business. That's like opposite of everything. Uh... So I, I said to you, I was trying to figure out, okay, why would they turn off replies on Twitter? And I said to you, well, if you're with The Athletic, and I'll, re I'll limit this just to The Athletic, maybe they want people not to reply to them on Twitter, they want to force them to reply to them on the athletics so that it grows the athletics traffic. One interesting thing I noticed about that in both when Pete Thamel turned off his comments and Nicole turned off her comments, both those tweets from the athletic article, both of them were about President Trump. The comments were yeah. turned off. The other athletic, their other tweets on the athletic, weren't, the comments weren't turned off. They were turned off when both of them wrote about President Trump. The comments were turned off. Now, I, maybe, well, I mean, certainly maybe writing that, about that, President is, is, Trump is controversial. I, okay, but why would they turn their comments off on that and keep their comments on on everything else? <laughs> because I maybe their position is, I disagree with their position, maybe their position is, I want to read my comments from everyone and hear what people have to say to me. But when I involve President Trump, my comments get to be so cumbersome. There's so many of them, or they're so uh, visceral, so uh, angry, that uh, then I can't find comments from people who are talking about things like, you know, college football or the content of my stories. Maybe it just becomes all about President Trump. I don't know. I can only hazard a guess. Okay. Uh, here I just think it's wrong. Here is a story I do, too. Here, are some, here is uh, some clarity. Okay, good. From uh, for Sports Business Journal as to how the President Trump-Kevin Warren call came about. Uh, Sports Business Journal says President Trump's phone call with Kevin Warren was facilitated by Clay Travis, the media personality best known for his coverage of the SEC, not the Big Ten. Uh, so it goes back to the spring. Uh, Trump 
appeared on Travis's show a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, says here, there's an Ohio State connection here. Among the aides who was a part of setting that call up was a gentleman by the name of Timothy Pataki, a 2007 Ohio State graduate who played lacrosse for the Buckeyes. Good job, Timothy. Okay. So... The conference's decision to postpone football caused a cascade of negative press. Yeah, here's this little side thing before <laughs> I get back to this. This has been a mystery to me, how we have a bunch of sports writers who started the year with tweets along the lines of, oh, you can't play football. There's just no way you can play football. That is just not safe to play football. Then the Big Ten comes out and makes an announcement it's not playing football. And then these same people tweet, Oh, man, this is horrible. The Big Ten's not playing. They should have waited. They released a schedule. What are they doing? Like, why so soon? Taking up the cause of the players who want to play. Then when we get things like Trump calling Kevin Warren, they come back with, oh, no, 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 you can't do this. It's like, would you please make up your mind? Just pick a side and stay there, please. Okay, back to the <laughs> sports business journal right. they're 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 like uh, front runners. Oh my god! Who's ever, whatever? It's almost like whatever joy yeah. stirring the pot. Who's ever negative? Yeah, they jump from side to side. Yeah. Okay. So the conference's decision, back to the Sports Business Journal, to postpone football caused a cascade of negative press, right? Which led the Big Ten, as Spiel said, to hire Kerry Cecil, CEO of Anichel Communications, a PR firm. Mm-hmm. So why do they have to hire a PR firm? Because <laughs> their PR people are incompetent. That's why. But why do you even have that PR position if you have to go out and hire a PR firm? If you, why do you even have a PR department? Because you have to prepare news releases and stuff like that. But you can certainly hire people who are capable of doing both, okay. giving you good savvy media advice and yeah. preparing news releases. Which <laughs> I wouldn't work for them anyway. But anyway, there are people who can do it, but the people they have can't do it. Okay. Um. Then Joe Biden started running his campaign spots. Empty Big Ten stadiums, blah, 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 blah. Cecil, working as a consultant for the Big Ten, spoke to Clay Travis to see if he might soften his criticism of Kevin Warren. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> Clay Travis or anybody with any kind of integrity is not uh, going to soften their opinions because of a PR person's call. In fact, it's only going to intensify their uh, criticism because... They perceive that it's bugging you, and guess what? They're trying to get your attention, and they got it. Through those conversations, where they're trying to talk to Clay Travis about tempering his criticism, it became apparent that Travis was in contact with the White House and had taken part in meetings to figure out how to convince the Big Ten to play football. So the uh, White House used Clay, or the uh, PR people used Clay Travis as a bridge to make the President Trump thing happen. Which is good for Clay Travis, no doubt about it. It in it enlarges his influence. He can credibly say, "Hey, look, I helped facilitate a call between the President of the United States and the Big Ten. So all the media people who hate Clay Travis, and there are many of them, get offended and go to Twitter, demeaning the impact of Trump's call yesterday. There were many bad. Ah, this is not going to happen." It's Okay, you might be right, but are you telling me that the president getting involved with Kevin Warren is not a major development in the story? It is, of course, a major development in the story, and sorry about it, 
you got to give Kevin Warren credit, you got to give President Trump credit, and yes, you got to give Clay Travis credit, which probably chafes a lot of people. You'll be very happy, content, serene if you start your day with Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. Well, now, you might be caffeinated, of course, particularly if you get the Jamaica Me Crazy version. Spiels has had that. He's had the house blend. He's had the hunter's blend. And I think it's thumbs up on every flavor you've tried. The only one that I'm not, uh, I'm not going to, well. No, just I say. Mean, yeah, it's um, Java Blues. Java Blues. Well, that's like, is that the blueberry one? No. Is that a blueberry flavor? No. Macy, but- Macy, your daughter, was given some, by Hemisphere, trying to approximate yeah. like flavored lattes and stuff, and they have many flavored coffees. So you'll certainly be able to find a blend you love. Spiels has become a uh, devoted customer. Uh, the yep. lovely Carrie Spielman has become a devoted customer, much to the chagrin and, of Mr. Spielman. Uh, devoted coffee thief. And devoted and coffee very thief. very skilled coffee yes. thief. Start is. your own coffee wars by, <laughs> by subscribing to Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee and finding out what you're missing when you're drinking all the other dreck that's out there. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Dot com is the website you save 15% when you use the promo code WETACKLE in all Here's, caps. Yeah, uh, uh, Winston Saunders notes that University of Cincinnati is playing. Yes, they yeah. are, Winston, and they are picked second in the AAC. Congratulations Thanks. to Luke Fickle. Although uh, UCF is picked first, and UCF has a bunch of guys opting out. Yeah, the so, UCF had 10 guys opt out, so I would imagine now if that poll were taken of UC of uh, AAC reporters, Cincinnati would come out on top. Do you know... Uh, what being ratioed is on Twitter? Being ratioed? No. I know what being it, accused of being a racist is so on Twitter. It's, I'm it's, frequently it's considered that. like people disagree with your tweet if you have more comments than likes or retweets. So that's a bad thing. Oh, it's it, a bad thing to get more comments than likes or retweets. Right. So <laughs> it just, the, did you <laughs> read, soft. did you read the open letter to the Big Ten community from the Big Ten? Uh, I have uh, some details on it here, yes. Okay, and which was that was poured out August 19th. Yeah, that they, was the one where Kevin Warren said the decision will not be revisited. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just uh, as far as ratioed and people that are in the social media and all that, there were 1,200 comments, 1,022 retweets, and 603 likes. So they got ratioed. They got ratioed. It's a bad ratio? It's upside down? Yes. uh, That's how I... Anybody out there that's uh, watching on Facebook... Can you confirm that? Just shoot us a note on there. And yeah, yeah. Just make sure that I'm I'm saying this correctly. Yeah, Winston, Nick, but, any of you guys out there who are uh, watching the what's Orlando? Ratioed mean ratioed not good. I take it. Yeah, and and but I was just reading through the comments, and there's 1,200 comments, and I read through probably I don't know 600 of them, and maybe two were supportive. Well, Great letter, Kev. So that's yeah. I, I I now I can see why they probably need a PR. Uh, firm because people aren't buying it anymore Don't put and, scott chipman to work and on the that. fact that I, I again i think if they would have just been a little bit more patient in some of the stuff coming out about the rapid testing and maybe you know the healthier younger generation is not as much at risk and hey now we can do ekgs or a quick heart test or whatever to make sure these guys aren't aren't viable and, and guess what maybe we can save somebody's life be to um, by discovering uh, undiagnosed condition they may have had uh, in spite of whether they had COVID or not it could be a totally different related heart issue so I think that's where the frustration lies also with a lot of folks and the biggest frustration and the biggest complaint I see throughout this whole process is that and I think Kevin made a huge mistake when he said 
he and his family had a chance to sit down his son and evaluate the risk. Then they decided whether to take that risk. And so but, uh, Kev allowed his family to have a choice that he's not allowing. Then the argument, well, it's not Kevin Warren's fault. It's the the president's. So yes, that's we, true. Have, we buried the lead here. The presidential vote was disclosed as 11 to 3, Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska as the uh, mm-hmm. naysayers. Here's a 614 sports fan. Uh, says Google gives the thumbs up to your definition of ratio. Okay. So it's that bad it- to have. Let me get this straight because now I can evaluate. See, see, here's the thing. Here's what I find humorous about the whole ratioed thing. When I tweet something, I believe what I tweeted. And if you wanted to have a long conversation about it, I could explain to you my rationale and why I tweeted it or why I retweeted it. Because I think if I retweet it, it's because either one of two things. I want to save it on my timeline so I can read it later. Uh Because if I don't mark it in some way, it'll disappear forever. So either I want to read it, it's not an endorsement by me, always, it's just I want to read it, or it's information I think you need to know, or it's information I think will entertain you. Sometimes it's a funny video, Yeah. sometimes it's a political article that I think you need to know, sometimes it's a video that I think you need to see what's going on out there, Right. or it's something I want to see later. It's one of those three reasons, okay? So I don't care. If it gets more likes sure. and retweets than comments, I don't care. I have a purpose in putting it there. Okay. It's a purpose that is 100% selfish. <laughs> it's my timeline, so it suits my purpose. You don't have to read it. But I think the Big Ten cares. Well, they can care, but I, if you have the courage of your convictions, I don't think you care about being ratioed. Yeah, I think as an individual, yes, but as a cor- as a corporation or an entity, I think you completely because okay. that gives you, I can see that that gives you information. I can see that, right? Okay. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I'm sure there's analytics into that go into this and how you make the algorithms. Well, and you want to know stuff. what your public thinks right. of your decision? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you are being ratioed in a bad way when it comes to cost of your health insurance for your employees, well, then you need to click on auiinfo.com and get with Chrissy and Steve and Julie and the other. Uh, fine people at auiinfo.com, 14 others. That means they're a small business. That means they understand your small business. That means they understand business. So if you're a big company, small company, licensed to work in the state of Ohio, you have that in common with auiinfo.com. What else will you have in common with them? Well, you want to provide the best insurance for your employees. You want to get the best HR advice, and they want to give it to you, and they want to make your job of providing health insurance easier for you. No holding, no navigating phone menus, no clicking around the internet. They've done all that. They know the companies, they know the benefits, they know the costs, they know your needs. And so they can help you with it at this time when it is open enrollment time. AUI Info is the place to go to navigate the murky waters of compliance with state orders on COVID, with employee issues that result from COVID, with health insurance related to COVID or anything else, it doesn't have to be COVID-related, but that's the front-burner item right now. Sure. AUI Info is where you go. Tell them that you heard about them on the Spielman & Hooley podcast when you click auiinfo.com. All right, so you mentioned the Michigan and the Texas thing. I just want to give the numbers. Michigan, $100 million projected loss in revenue because mm-hmm. of no football. Michigan, eliminating 20, 21 jobs in the athletic department. Oh, 15 eliminated. Uh, 21 furloughed. Mm-hmm. Texas, 
they have uh, 35 vacant spots they will not fill. They are uh, reducing pay or furloughing 273 staff members in the athletic right. department, which begs a question. And most coaches, I think, are taking pay cuts. <laughs> Why do you have 273 employees? Because only 26 of them are coaches. Mm-hmm. That tells you how big of an endeavor Texas athletics is. Okay. So, yeah, big cuts. We have not yet, and I stress the word yet, heard of similar cuts at Ohio State. I hope we do not, but I do not see how it is avoidable to not furlough. If they can, bully for them. Mm-hmm. Great, for, great for Gene Smith and his management of the department and all that stuff. If well, he can do that, yeah. fantastic. I think Gene's probably doing everything he can of to try he to is. save uh, – Everybody's uh, job is, is whatever he can do. I just I'm just curious though, with a loss of revenue and, and obviously without playing and without a lack of a gate because you know we're just trying to get the players out onto mm-hmm. the field. Obviously, I think at least early on there will be no fans uh, allowed in attendance. At least that's my feeling. Although in in Iowa, state of Iowa, I will play a game. They won't have fans. An hour away, Iowa State will play a game, mm. and they're allowed 25,000 fans. Mm. So that's just, again, there's no consistency or no direction or leadership. That is a great consternation that. to John Solomon of the Aspen Report. He's uh, quite mad about the fact that Iowa State can play, and Iowa can't. He's not mad that Iowa can't. He's mad that it's uh, silly, in his view, for Iowa State to play. Why? <laughs> I, we went... Spent 30 minutes on that. It's Where's he mis- from? Oh, just another he guy? He used to be from CBS Sports, John Solomon. Now he's with uh, the Aspen Institute, which I'm sure is a high-minded think tank. Yeah. Speaking of high-minded, OSU President Christina Johnson, in an interview with NBC4, uh, I don't know who at NBC4, I would mention them. I can't really tell you that I know anyone who, uh, other, Matt Barnes, maybe it was Matt Barnes. Uh, she says uh, that uh, she voted for football. That a girl. And she's hoping that, a lady, that they I mean. can get the protocols in place for football to be played safely this fall. Here's her quote. We've learned about how we can have what's called a clean field. Players on the field that are negative can play. Uh, then we're playing football. We're working through that process. We're working with the Big Ten, working with the commissioner to try to get them in place those medical protocols so we can keep our students safe. That's what it comes down to. We want to make sure our athletes get a shot because they work really hard and they deserve a shot to play. She's an athlete. She gets it. Yeah, she played two sports at Stanford, I believe. At that same time, we want to make sure they're safe. So we're doing our work. We'll come back. I'm hopeful we'll be playing football this fall. She said that does not necessarily mean October or, e- or even November. Uh, here is her quote. Fall is a long period of time. Fall goes till December 20th. I see that there's a path to football. People talk about winter, early spring, late fall, winter. Those things are all being worked out. I come back to the fact our campuses need to be safe if we all do our part, wear a mask, stay six feet apart, wash <laughs> our hands, then I think we have the procedures in place to go forward. It's nonsensical to me that high schools, which have none of the money that colleges do, are playing football and playing football safely. And Ohio State, which has more money than... Only not football, Bruce, but also all the fall sports. Yes, like the girls' so- women's, women's soccer. I mean, my daughter's playing soccer. Thank you very much, Lord, for making that happen. Yeah. She's enjoying her season and... Um, Got a good just, team. I loved watching high school football last Friday. I'll be at another high school football game this Friday. Uh, it's not normal. The band is doesn't go out on the field. They sit six feet apart, but the band was there. 
it's just so important. We have beat this drum forever and a day. Yeah, the all experiences sports, yeah. and the everything that the kids get from a going to school, socializing. My daughter, uh, who goes to public school, one of the three does. The other two are homeschooled. Goes to public school two days a week, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday they sanitize the school. Okay. And then Thursday and Friday, another group of students goes. At so least they're trying. So they're trying. But my point in bringing all that up is not at all to criticize the local school district for doing it that way. It is to say that. I asked her yesterday. I said, you know, you, you get all your work done for Thursday and Friday. You get that done in about two or three hours. I says, is that cool that you get all that time to, like, do whatever you want? She's like, no, I want to be in school. Even if I have to wear a mask, Dad, I want to be in school. I miss my friends. Yeah. I want to be in school. My daughter said the same thing, 18-year-old, senior. You know, her senior year is being held in her bedroom or wherever we set her desk up. Poor Audrey. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's, just, no, I mean, that's she, just not right. I, yeah, it's, it's not right, but, you know, Audrey is a very good at, at going with the flow, and she gets it. And it's just, it's not just Audrey. It's, you know, I, I, I just don't understand why, <laughs> why, um, especially when you look at data and the numbers in whatever school district you live in or break the data down by by zip codes, which I know some of these places are trying to do, and what's the outbreak or chances of the outbreak, how many cases, uh, all that stuff. Why do you uh, not do everything possible? And then you ha- if you have to adjust on the fly, you adjust on the fly. But it's just a, it's, it's been a fascinating five months. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So. Uh, Winston Saunders says we need nine college presidents to change their mind. Actually, Winston, you only need six because three have already said they're going to, they want to play football. So they need six of the 11 in the big 10 to flip their opinion. Uh, Dan says, good morning. Good morning, Dan. Appreciate all you guys watching on Facebook and Twitter and the Spielman and Hooli YouTube page. Uh, Again, as the scroll uh, crawl says at the bottom of the screen, we'll give away a thousand dollars on Friday. So you have a couple days to get your nominations in for COVID-19 relief the nebraska lawsuit presses on uh the big 10 certainly has lawyers on staff maybe they've gone out and hired an outside firm um if they were smart they'd hire willis, willis Starling, <laughs> our firm from hilliard although knowing stan i think he might have a hard time taking the case of the big 10 to not play football but that's because he has integrity and he has character and that's the kind of attorney that you want whether you're dealing with workers compensation issues whether you're dealing with personal injury Wills and estate planning, that's extremely important. You don't want to mess that up. Boy, probate can be an absolute mud pile to deal with, but Willis Spangler Starling will get you all set up. They are a full-service law firm. They can handle anything, and they'll handle it with the utmost care, the utmost expertise. Click on their link, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. That's their URL. That's their website. They're in Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Really great people. I cannot vouch for them more highly than I do. I've known Stan for years, and he uh, makes sure that his firm is by the book on everything. But very personable, great expertise, Willis Spangler Starling. All right, sir, are you ready to transition into the faith portion of the podcast? I've been I am. looking forward to that because I went long the other day, and you were gracious to allow me to go long, but you had a story that you wanted to yeah. share from um, something that happened to you presumably over the weekend. On Sunday, um, I w- went to a celebration of life. Uh, let me explain that. Uh, on Saturday, the family held a private funeral. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, for friends and acquaintances and all that, they held a celebration of life. And a gentleman passed. Uh, I've known this gentleman for 20, 
20 years, ever since I've been back in Columbus and friendly with him. Um, my wife did a little bit of traveling with this couple and uh, to go to Wheaton or to go to Chicago because they've had uh, mm-hmm. our, our sons play together. And um, I've known this guy and I've known his family for a very long time. Two years ago, he was uh, ambushed by a brain tumor. Mm. He was uh, on a trip. He's a big outdoors guy, hunting, fishing, and was attacked by a brain tumor, diagnosed as a brain tumor. Passed away last week at 53 or 54 years of age. Leaves behind three children, youngest being 20, probably 23, maybe 25. A lovely wife who is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And like I said, I've known him since uh, Stephanie and I moved back here to Upper Arlington. And so at this celebration of life, I'm looking around, and you know what it was? It was sad at times because you'd have people come up and tell stories. And when they were coming up telling stories, every story was about the optimism and the hope and the faith that this man had, even during his cancer journey. And very well understanding that, you know, his time on this earth wasn't much longer. Mm-hmm. But he was always asking uh, people how they were doing. God's got this. It's going to be okay. He was always comforting people, which is often the case. Yeah. Usually people of faith who uh, are dealing with something, they go through, uh, I think, different phases. But ultimately, they all come up, come to the point where they make you feel better about their situation. Exactly. And I was thinking to myself, um, what an impact this man had. And he's not doesn't have a podcast like Bruce and Chris. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a platform like I do. He doesn't get to go to corporations and speak. But the impact that he had was so impressive, mm-hmm. so humbling mm-hmm. for me. And the the joy of this celebration of life where there there was actually had a like bar a little bar set up for beer wine and water and cokes there was live music mm. and just to see because i think people obviously didn't want him to go through what he went through mm-hmm. but i think they were celebrating not only his life but more importantly celebrating where the rest of his eternal life right, exactly. is going to be where he's going to be healed, as Revelations 21.4 tells us. I mean, why don't you pull that up while I continue yeah. this? Rev- and I, I say it a lot because I get great comfort from this, and I hope that the families get great comfort from this. But then I was talking to another friend about that, and this friend is somebody that I admire this friend is a healer. This friend is somebody that is I've always looked up to as a mentor, that I've always looked up to as a, uh, a great husband, um, hard worker. Uh, when I have um, problems or decisions, I always seek his counsel because I know he's a thinker where I'm a reactor. 
He's a think and react. I'm a usually, I'm changing as I get older, but I was a reactor, then a thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that's how I played. So it's funny how that <laughs> trans, transferred over to life. And his, and his friends, I don't, what am I doing? I, I don't feel like I have any purpose. I don't feel like I have any passion. I don't feel like I've made an impact. And I had to sit there and say, are you kidding me? And sometimes we feel like we're not, and it made me think, we feel like we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. We're not contributing. And I was reminded by all these people at this uh, celebration of life and the people that got up and spoke about the, the a gentleman that passed away, the impact that he had on their life, even if it was only in a 10-minute conversation that they remember to this day 20 years ago and, and how it impacted them. Mm-hmm. And so I was explaining that to my other friend that said, you don't even understand the positive impact that you've had on my life and what you've meant to me. And so as I was contemplating both men and both their journeys and where they are in their life, I remember great comfort in knowing, and I heard somebody describe uh, Stephanie about this, going home to heaven. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about, I do believe help me with my unbelief. I believe help me with my unbelief. Yeah. Yeah. And that means like, I mean, why did all this happen? I mean, what, 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 what purpose did this serve? Yeah. You know, I mean, why, right? Why? And it's not, oh, woe is me. It's just why, mm-hmm. you know, why did this happen? We want to know. And this friend, another friend who counseled me during that time of grief, he said, look at it like this. You know, we all long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, when we die and we go home. And so he said, just picture this. And I used this the other day. When this gentleman rose to heaven and Jesus is waiting there with open arms. I don't know how it's going to be, but that's Mm -hmm. how I envision it, right? Mm -hmm. And your eyes are so fixed on Jesus as you're going toward him. This is just me, you know, imagining. I don't sure. know. And right, I go to give him a big old teammate hug, <laughs> you know, just like passionate hug or mm-hmm. love, like a love for family member or love of a teammate. Pretty much to me, it's the same thing, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you. That's how I think of life. But he's, he, and all of a sudden he stops, puts his hand up. Wait one second. He grabbed this man by the shoulders, turned him around. And say, look down there. And it's a picture of Earth. And there are all these bright lights shining on Earth. And he said, look what you've done for me. And when somebody told said that to me about Steph, the comfort that I received. Mm. And I get why. And that's just not... Steph, my point is, it's not Stephanie who right. was able to raise millions of dollars and help people. It's every single individual. Yeah. It's every single individual 
that has that. So if you're feeling down or you're feeling like you're not contributing, it might be that you smile at a grocery clerk today and how's your day going? It might be um, that whatever, the proverbial help the little old lady across the street moment. It might be that. So do not think yourself as being worthless or not contributing. My other friend thought that what I've done nothing. And I said, are you kidding me? Then I went through the list of everything he's done just for me, mm-hmm. not including his family and his friends and his acquaintance, acquaintances, his colleagues. And I said, you need to just, you know, look around and be reinforced that not only do I see it, but more importantly, your Heavenly Father sees it. And there's just so much truth in what you shared. And the great thing about your friend who wasn't aware of things that he's done of great impact until you pointed it out is that he's so focused on his mission of being light that he doesn't take inventory of what I'm doing. He doesn't keep score. I have a friend, Matt, who you met. Matt and his son, son Nathan. And Matt said that his impact in the world um, has been um, aided by a prayer he shared with God one time where he says, help, I I don't want to keep score anymore. I'm not going to keep score. Just help me to do ministry the way you want me to do ministry. And And you keep score. You keep score. I don't want to keep score anymore. And it freed him to make... Um, it just freed him. Yeah. You mentioned Stephanie and just, you know, wow. We all know and love Stephanie and we know and love her story, but you also mentioned a friend who's anonymous and likely none of us will ever know to the degree that we knew Stephanie. And that's what I want to emphasize is that all people who are saved by Christ's death on the cross and resurrection is death made a sacrifice for our sins. His resurrection is a call to a new life. And Chris and I have always tried to make sure that all the people who listen to the podcast understand that you can't do anything to earn your salvation. Right. Nothing that you do is worthy of forgiving your sins. Jesus did that for you. Then he rose from the dead to have new life. So once you are forgiven of your sins, you are called to a new life of service. That's when your deeds become very important to authenticate, like your passport being stamped at the border, to authenticate your faith. Yes, I understand what you did for me, Lord, and this is why I want to live for you. And then that compels us to live a life like this gentleman that Chris talked about who was tragically taken from us sooner than any of us would want. Um. And it's great when it's a person um, that impacts all of us like Stephanie did, but it's also great when it's a person who plugs into just average, ordinary lives. I think of funerals that I've been to for people whose names I'll mention a few. They won't mean anything to anybody. They mean a great deal to me. Nellie Summers, Lee Miller, Toby Miller, Roman Miller. Can you tell I went to a Mennonite church for a long time? (laughs) Uh, Chuck Zender. You know, on and on and on, just just lives of such enormous impact, but lives that were not led publicly. And so I'll tie this all together with, as it often works out, you and I, we never rehearse the faith. Yesterday morning I was praying, and 
I was just struck by this thought I was praying about, am I divisive? I don't want to be divisive, but I want to speak truth, and I want to help, and I want to I was praying for our country. And God laid on my heart, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about our country and how can I react as a Christian and how can I help other people think about the future of our country from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. And he laid on my heart, everything you do in life, Bruce— Make it about what I'm about. When Jesus comes back, will he find people who in every decision in their life prioritized what he is about? How they work, how they interact with people, how they vote, how they play, how they... Will he find people who cared about and put into practice decisions in their life, everything in their life, was filtered through the prism of what he's about. Mm-hmm. And it is encouraging to me that you were encouraged by a friend who was taken, who did that, and a friend who's still here who has done that. And that's what we're all called to do. And, well, and when anytime you go to those events, it's an, a, a reminder of our own mortality. Mm-hmm. And almost like a, hey, time to get in the game. Time's running out. <laughs> time to it's get in the game. Time to get in the game. It's time to do what you're called to do. Absolutely true. So thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooli We Tackle Life podcast. For those of you who watched on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, thank you for your comments. Uh, please email the show, Podcast at gmail.com with your nomination for COVID-19 relief. We'll draw four winners on Friday. Uh, Hope you have a great day. God bless.